Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Let's, let's, uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much. For the, for the opportunity we have to study together this evening. Father, give us strength and give us courage, give us insight as we navigate through the text. Help us to find things, Father, that may make us uncomfortable, that may make us look at, at life from a perspective we've never wanted to look at before. Father, we've got things in the works that we're going to do that over the next few months. And I pray, Father, you give us strength and give us courage to stand up for you, to stand up for you in a sinful, godless world, a world that is trying to handcuff you which that is never going to happen. Mm. Father, help us to have the, the power and the strength and the vision to, to move forward and to help people to come to you and help people to repent and be obedient to you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you, Father, for, for the things you're going to do in our lives and the lives of this church. Help us this evening as we study. Help us to, to start that process tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are in Leviticus chapter 25. Uh, Last week, we looked at the Sabbath year. Mm -hmm. And so every uh, every sixth year, the Israelites were commanded by God to have this Sabbath year where they yep. you know, let the fields lay fallow, where they mm -hmm. don't work. Yeah, we talked about uh, how that that when you harvest, some some grain falls, and, and then you have to depend on him to uh, to feed you that year that it lay, lays fallow. You know? Well, I mean, it's it, it really is, uh, I mean, this huge act of faith absolutely absolutely god says and what is faith right so we you know that term gets thrown around but look but let's break it down god says this is what i'm going to do faith says because god says this is what he's going to do i'm going to have confidence and assurance that god is going to do what he has said he's going to do so that That's, means i'm going to do what i have to do right so so that means i have to live in such a way that communicates, I believe, I trust, I have assurance that God is going to do what he's so going to do. So what you're saying is that faith, saying I have faith, doesn't mean I just go to church on Sunday. No, absolutely not. Okay. No, right. no. Because no, the idea in our culture today is that faith is, oh, I believe in Jesus. Right. So, and that's, and this is a good example. This is a great time to say, well, what would be, what would be a faith response in this situation? The faith response would be the farmer or the, well, and everybody was farmers back. This is an agrarian society, right? So everybody's farmers. But the faith response is a family in the sixth year says, well, God has said this. And Let because me, I'm sorry. Have you ever been around a farmer? Yes. Have you ever worked with a farmer? No. Do, have you ever tried to crawl inside of a mind of a farmer? Yes. How do they, how would a farmer respond to a, a, a dormant field? Oh, man. 
that not a see yeah no no so my grandfather was a farmer okay so uh, so was mine my uncle was a farmer um you know that that it's always raining right it's always raining when it doesn't need to be raining and it's never raining when it it needs to be raining Mm -hmm. so it's it's like you know I, from from with my grandfather, right? It was always everything was very, it was a very negative mindset. Mm-hmm. Everything was always working against you. Mm-hmm. You always had to 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 fight and to scrape and to ever all the time, you know. And that's that that was his mindset, and it translated into his entire life. Well, for for these farmers, I'm sure it was the same to way. lay to let the ground lay dormant. Huge challenge. Yeah, just to wrap their mind around it. Right. I, I can't imagine my grandfather. Letting, letting, you know, his cotton field and his maize field and his corn field just lay dormant. My grandmother letting her garden lay dormant for a year. I can't. No, no. Gra- no. Grandma would absolutely lose her mind. Yeah. She would have lost her mind. Yeah. You know, th- I mean, if she saw a piece of open ground, she had to plant something in it. Yeah. She had, she had to plant something in it. So the faith response here, right? Faith, faith in action. Cause that's, it, faith is an action verb. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not something that it's not a mental ascent. So the way we think about faith in the 21st century is agreement. Mm-hmm. I agree that God has said these things. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to follow through on acting on them. Yeah. It just means I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not faith. Faith here would be God says, Hey, you need to do these things. You need to, in the sixth year, you need to let your field lay dormant. Mm-hmm. And the faith response then is on the sixth year, you say, okay, God, you told me to do this. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to let my field lay dormant. I'm going to, we're going to survive off. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. And God then gets the opportunity to do what he said he's going to do. Right. So in the 21st century, what would be, what would be a good example of this? Um, I believe that God has said, if we pursue his righteousness, the things I need, food and clothing, are going, which in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, that's the example, right? The things I need, food and clothing, will be given unto me mm-hmm. if I pursue his righteousness. Mm-hmm. So does that mean I take a job where I'm going to have to work every Sunday? I'm going to have to work every Wednesday? I'm going to have to work every time the church gathers? And I'm never going to be able to get to go. And I'm never going to get to go with my family. And I'm never going to get to um, help raise my children in the way that they ought to be raised following God. Am I going to take that job? Or am I going to take a lesser job? Am I going to take a different job maybe that will allow me to pursue God's well, it depends righteousness? On, it depends on what you're really trying to do. Are you trying to elevate yourself and make yourself feel good about yourself? Because I'm make, I've got a job now that I'm making $80,000 a year and a lesser job I was making thirty five. I felt less of a man because my wife had to work because to help us pay the bills uh, because I, I didn't. And then when this job came along, I could I could work at a job and make seventy, eighty thousand dollars and my wife don't have to work. There are I don't want to get into the explicit nitty gritties mm-hmm. because everybody's situation is different. Absolutely. But my question is and, and the point of the example is, where is your heart? Mm-hmm. You know, look, if you're watching this, you know where you're at. You know, if you are pursuing the righteousness of the Lord right? If you're pursuing him, right? Christ says, if you pursue my righteousness, the things you need to be added to you, you know, in your work, whether you are pursuing money, pursuing fame, pursuing success, more so than you are pursuing the righteousness of the Lord, you know, and that's really the difference. That's really the question. And then why, right? And this is where faith comes into play. Why are you pursuing Mm -hmm. success, money, 
fame for why are you pursuing those things over yeah. the righteousness of the mm -hmm. lord so the faith response in the 21st century the the takeaway that we have from this is christ says pursue my righteousness mm -hmm. and the things you need to be added to you are you trusting that god's going to give you the things that you need and look i'm not speaking as if i don't struggle i don't struggle with this or i don't i don't haven't lived in this situation myself i have six kids i'm about to have six kids i can't keep track of how many i've got so many <laughs> um i have five kids right now I'm about to have six. My wife is mainly a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. We are a family of eight existing on my income. Mm -hmm. I know what it means. I know what it means to have to give up opportunities because I'm pursuing the righteousness mm -hmm. of the Lord, mm -hmm. because I'm putting that first in my life. I know exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. Me and you have had extensive talks about where we're at financially and some of the things. So you, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, we could easily, easily make six figures a year mm -hmm. if my wife just went back to work full time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that would be the right thing to do by my children. It wouldn't be the right way to glorify God. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be. So instead we but, chose it. But, we chose a different path. But I mean, we're going to get off chasing this rabbit all, all class long. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to get down to the, the other issue, well, but then, I'm okay let's, with that Let's too. get to it. Let's, let's get, you know, what I'm saying is, but God is blessing you. Sure. Your father and mother just gave you a car. Oh yeah, I know. It's that, that's a that's a what? How how much was that car worth? Dan, it's not the first time. Uh, and I know that it's not the first time. But that's but it, <laughs> that is living proof that God says I will take care of you. And let me and let me clarify that it's not. I'm not saying it's not the first time that my my parents haven't blessed us in that way. I'm saying it's not the first time that we've been blessed in that way. Mm -hmm. What what I have found since I've started this, mind you, I've only been a Christian since 2016. Okay. Mm -hmm. 2016, I converted in November. In April, I resigned from my position as a paramedic, moved up to Lubbock and started this journey. Mm -hmm. And I have watched God work. Why do you think David, why do you think David was able to walk into that situation with Goliath and look at Goliath and his immediate response is, Who's this uncircumcised Philistine who's testing our Lord? Yeah. Why hasn't anyone gone and killed this fool yet? Just go kill him. <laughs> what is going on? All you big, strong men in your big, strong armor, and none of you can just walk out there and kill this fool? Don't you know who you have behind you? Don't you know the the Lord? And what does he tell What does he tell Saul when all these guys are like, who are you? What do you? And he goes, he, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't tell Saul. He tells Goliath this. Goliath, he goes and he confronts Goliath. David, this little, little shepherd boy, this little kid, goes and confronts Goliath. And he walks up and Goliath is like, who are you? And David looks at him and he says, just as the Lord has delivered me from the hand of the bear, just as the Lord, just as the Lord has delivered me from the hand of the lion, so he is going to deliver me from you. When you put your faith in practice, when you put, when you practice your faith, yeah. it's awesome to watch God yeah. work. Does that mean I have all the things that I, that no, I, I want? No. Does that mean I'm constantly trying to figure out, man, how could I, I've got six kids. I'm like, how can I make a little more money? What, what could I do? How, what are, what are the things that I need to do? How can I do this or do that? But at the end of the day, every decision I make is heavily prayed over every, every path that I pursue, all of it. At the end of the day, my goal is to glorify God. And I look at God and I say, look, father, I think I need this peace. Maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. You do what you need to do mm -hmm. because I want to live a life that glorifies mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. That's walking in faith. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. And it's awesome to watch God come through all the time. Yeah. 
All the time. Yeah. But for somebody who hasn't seen it, for somebody who hasn't doesn't have that kind of relationship with God where, where God has been able to show them. Sure. Well, they're going to live a life of faith, their idea of faith, that is going to pale in comparison to what these people are, are going to be are asking to be are, God is asking them to do. It's actually going to look like these people's faith. Yeah, but not what God is asking of them. Not what God's asking for them. And look, we're not talking but, about but Jesus, Jesus told us in Luke chapter 12. Mm-hmm. All right. He says, what are you worried about all this other stuff for? Yeah. Quit worrying about this stuff. You know, the birds, the flowers, they all, God takes care of all of them. And you're way more important. Yeah. Way more important. And and he said, he said, you know, you, you, you worry about this stuff and you can't even hour, add one hour to your life. And he said, since you can't do this little thing, I mean, that's not a little thing, guy. No, I know. You know, I mean, we pull stood up, over, Lee, we Lee, stood over coffins before. Pull up, pull up Matthew chapter six and Luke chapter 12, because mm-hmm. I believe that's where that statement is. And mm-hmm. we're going to look at it. Get, get, get over there, Lee. Um, you know, it's because this is a test. And look, we're not saying, I'm not saying that you can't be a Christian, right? If you're struggling with some of these issues, that's not what we're saying. We're, we are so far from talking about condemnation. Mm-hmm. It's not even funny. We're not talking about condemnation here. We're talking about how does our faith grow. Yeah. This is a growing moment for these people. You're telling me to leave my field fallow yeah. for an entire year? Yeah. This is a this is a faith issue. When I went to Lubbock, um when when we first moved to Lubbock, I had a plan. Mm-hmm. I had a plan. I I I'm a I was a paramedic. And so I don't know if you know this, it's still true today. There is a national shortage of paramedics. Mm-hmm. Okay. National shortage. In other words, I can go anywhere in the country, anywhere and get a job. Mm-hmm. My associate's degree is in this, right? So I have a degree. I'm educated in this. I have tons of experience working in all sorts of critical care fields. I am a needed thing. And that was in 2017. That was true too. So I moved to Lubbock and this was my plan. I had jobs and all these job interviews lined up, right? Because I'm resigning in April. Our support that we raised doesn't really start rolling in until August. And even then I didn't raise that much support because I can go work part-time. I can go work whatever hours I want. I'm needed. I have a needed job. Couldn't get a job. So we moved to Lubbock. I had all these job interviews lined up. National shortage of paramedics. I had it all planned out. I couldn't find a job to save my life. <laughs> Dan, I moved to Lubbock. Yeah. I, I had three yeah. kids, three little kids, a wife who had been a stay-at-home mom this entire time, right? I was the one providing, right? So that's where we were at before we were Christians. And now... I move up to Lubbock to pursue ministry training. I've raised a little support, not much, because I know I can, because I'm smart and I know I've got, uh, I've got a skill set that's needed everywhere. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm going to be good. Lubbock must be the only place in Texas that doesn't need paramedics. <laughs> and so here I am in Lubbock in April. Okay, moved up to Lubbock. I have no job. My wife has no job. We got $800 a month in a in a in a house payment in a rent payment. I've got almost another $800 in my truck payment. I've got all these bills that all of a sudden I can't afford. And I'm running out of my savings like like quick. Yeah. And I am freaking out because all of my for sure job interviews. I mean, I had like I had a bunch of interviews, man. I was guaranteed to get one. I had one job where I'd been talking to him on the phone before I quit before we moved up there. I'd been talking to him on the phone and they looked at my experience and they're like, "Oh my gosh. Yes." We're going to hire you. And the guy said, based on your experience, we're going to pay you this much an hour. That's what he said, right? So I got up there 
and I did the interview, I did the write-outs. I mean, I was writing circles in my, my reports, right? And this is how the EMS companies get paid. You have to, and I, I write well, right? I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying it's true. Mm -hmm. I write well. And so my report, I'm teaching their supervisor how to write these reports, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, it was crazy. Like we were going into the hospital and the supervisor was like, why are you putting that in your report? Because they need, they need to get paid. And so I'm going to make sure I document all this stuff because this is what this transfer is. And, and we want to make sure that we can bill appropriately for this. And I'm like, how does this guy not know this? He's the super. So I sit down with him and they're like, what do you want an hour? And I said the number that the owner of the company had quoted to me. He's sitting in the meeting. I said the number he quoted me. Okay. I told him the number he gave me. I didn't ask for more. I mean, I, I'm teaching his supervisor how to write reports, but eh, whatever, you know, it's fine. Uh, the number you gave me, that's, I. how could you argue with that? They laughed. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I asked for the number you said that you gave me. And they're laughing. Mm -hmm. How, what topsy-turvy world is this? Yeah. And so I'm totally thrown. I'm totally shocked. I can't find a job. And I've got bills due every month. And I'm stressed and I'm nervous. Guess what? When you start stepping out in faith, what did God promise? Mm -hmm. When you start stepping out in faith, let's look at what God promises. We're going to look, keep looking at this situation, but let's look at, uh, you got it in Luke 12. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Okay, go ahead and read it in Luke 12. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really 22, I mean, 22 through 26. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or body your, or about your body, what you will wear for life is more than food and the body, more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom to, or barn yet. God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And it, and it goes on. It's a whole text, but, but the main idea is trust me. You know, I'm taking care of these birds. I'm taking care of, and you know, I mean, I've used this illustration before. You know, I mean, we we have to have we have to have faith that that surpasses that. You know, I have to trust Him and believe in Him. And He said, He said, I can do things you can't even begin to imagine. Adding an hour to someone's life is a big deal. Yeah, you've seen it. Mm -hmm. You've seen people die in front of you, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and and to give the family member just five more minutes, ten more minutes, an hour would be huge to say the things that they didn't get to say, that they grieved over for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years because they looked in a casket and said, I wish I could have told you this. And if you could wake them up for an hour. God said, I can do that. My father can do that. You know, he doesn't choose to do it, but he can do that. He said, you can't do this little very... Well, he did choose to do it with Lazarus. But, but, he, but he talks about, he said, this is a very little thing. And then he says the same thing over here in, 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 in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, he, he says in verse 27, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? What he's saying is, trust me, I got this. And then over here, he's telling them, he said, he's, he's given them a, a whole year of Jubilee that they're going to have to lay dormant and you've got to trust me. I'm going to take care of it. And we've given you examples. I, I'm not even giving you mine. You, we're, you know, there, we both have examples of where God has, has absolutely shown up and showed out. I cannot... Not only, I, I don't even know where to go because I'm so, I'm so excited to talk about this. I, this. I'm super excited. I love this topic. Faith is such a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Watching our God 
come through when his children trust him. It's such a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's super, super passionate about it. But not only in Leviticus 25 is he saying every sixth year, let your, let your land lay fallow. He's saying, oh, by the way, when you have seven of those or, or seven, seven of those sixes or whatever it is, and it's the 50th time, That's it's year the 50th year, it's year of Jubilee. So not only do you let all your fields lay fallow, but all your property reverts. Yeah. People who've sold That's themselves amazing concept. People who've sold themselves into slavery are allowed to go free, right? Because they had like a debtor, a debtor type society like we had in the early, uh, in like in the 1700s, where if you went into debt, you could sell yourself into the service of someone, so you could pay for that a debt specific off. time, and right? Pay the debt off. And yeah. so they had a very similar thing. Indentured servitude is what it was yeah. called. Mm -hmm. They had a very similar type of thing, and so it's like all those people go free. And uh, oh, by the way, all the property that you've sold, since I own all the property, it all reverts back. Could you imagine the faith to do all that? Yeah, but that's exactly what he tells. That's what the year of jubilee was. That is, that is what the year of jubilee. I was. mean, that was the that was the fiftieth year. It's it's the amount of faith it takes to go through with something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. You know, come come back to the example I was given, the story I was telling. Mm -hmm. I'm in Lubbock. I had a plan. I was going to get this job. It was going to help pay for, for me going to school. It was going to help pay for everything. You know, it was all going to work out. Couldn't find a job to save my life. And I didn't know any of these texts. I didn't know any of these texts. Mm -hmm. They're there, but I didn't know them. You didn't know they were there. And I'm, I am freaked out. I am a mess. You know what it's like. If you're if you're a provider, you know what it's like to have three little kids. It's the yep. first time I hadn't had a job yep. ever. Mm -hmm. I had been working since I was 17 years old. I never not had a job. It's the first time. And I am freaked out. I am stressed out. My wife says, you need to call Matt. Matt's the man who taught and baptized me. He's the one who put me on, on the, the path to go to Sunset. He's the one that did all that. And I called him and he said, look, man, you need to trust. Do you believe that you are doing the things that God has set before you. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, I don't doubt that. I'm not going anywhere. I said, I'm scared. I'm freaked out. I don't know what's happening with my finances. Like, like I'm watching my savings account empty. Mm -hmm. And he said, you need to trust that God is going to do what he has said he's going to do. God has promised to provide the things we need, not the things we want. He doesn't want, you know, there are preachers that are, that are running around saying, you know, God wants us all to be millionaires and billionaires. That's all nonsense. Okay. Yeah. Um, Money destroys. The love of money is the root of all types of evil. It destroys people. That's not. But God says, if you pursue my righteousness, mm -hmm. the things you need are going to be added into you. Yeah. Watching God work. My wife went, uh, no education, no training, no skills, went out and got a job. She found a job faster than I did. National shortage paramedics. My wife went and found a job faster than I did. My wife went out and found a job and it was a crappy job. It was a horrible job. It was a bad job. But she met a guy there. She met a guy there who was a professional chef, his executive chef. And he worked at, he had worked at in Lubbock. There's this amazing steakhouse, one of the top steakhouses in Texas. And he used to work there as an executive chef. And he saw how well my wife worked, how well she planned events, how well she did those things. And he was so enamored with her. He said, stop wasting your time working here. Go apply over here and tell him I sent you. She went and applied over there and they had a stack of applications this big of all the people that applied. She gave him his name and she was hired on the spot. She became a trainer there where she would work. It partnered with newer servers that were coming in so she could train them how to work. Mm -hmm. she, she, she did phenomenal. Just her working at this steakhouse, mind you, a family of five, she was a third of the income we needed the entire time we were in Lubbock. 
a third of the income we and if you're working if you're waiting tables i mean even at the at, even at one of the top steakhouses in texas you're surviving on tips i got to watch god work through her i can't tell you how many times she came home with over a thousand dollars dan really right when we needed it other times she'd come home with 50 bucks mm -hmm. i can't tell you how many times she came home with a thousand dollars right when we needed it. i can't tell you how many times it happened so much i can't tell you how many times somebody just said oh by the way here's five thousand dollars right when we needed it i can't tell you how many times somebody came up and said man you need this not a problem here it is just out of the blue. Yep. Since I've been here, I can't tell you how many times I have just had $10,000 deposited in my account just when we needed it, just on, just right when it need, was needed. I have watched God work. Mm -hmm. Why? Because like David, right? Now, right? Now in my life, it's like, I just know. Let he's me ask gonna... you, let me ask. People are watching or we'll watch it down the road. This will be on our this will be on our library for years. Yeah. And they, five years from now, somebody may watch and say, "How do you get to that point? How do you get there? What do you have?" That, and, you know, the, he he tells you know, instead of doing what I want, I do what he wants. It's the scariest thing in the world. I know it is. That's what you have to. I, I mean, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna just be quite frank with you. I'm gonna be quite quite. Uh, Go back to David real quick. Think about David, the little boy with a sling and a stone uh -huh. and a staff confronting a bear, confronting a lion mm -hmm. that are there to kill, kill his sheep. Mm -hmm. And David has to confront that for you to get where I am. You have to confront the bear and the lion. Yeah, that's I mean, look, it's that simple. I had it was the most horrifying thing I've ever gone through in my entire life. Being up as, as a man who supports his family, who has always supported his and, family. And we're talking about a guy here, folks, that has that has rolled up in his unit on a crash site where people are dying. Oh, yeah. And multiple people dying. Yeah. And you're one person having to navigate and, and, and then having to deal with firemen that want to get in the way and that kind of stuff. You've dealt with all that stuff. Yeah. And, and this was scarier than that. Oh, my gosh. This is, ter I mean, this is my family. Mm -hmm. Like, I I'm thinking we're going to end up on the street. I'm thinking that that savings account that I had built over these years is 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 gone. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, and it and it did. I want to explain. Okay, we had a we had seven thousand dollars in a savings account, and we went through all of it. Mm -hmm. We went through all of it. Okay, and I'm not saying that's good or that's bad or or whatever. Maybe I should have made whatever. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is. We were at, we were in, in very real terms, we were three steps away from being homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes doing the right thing, pursuing God, doing all of those things means that you're going to be three steps within destruction before he shows up and he works. Mm, yeah. And my prayer the entire time, as I'm watching all of this unfold, my prayer the entire time, okay, is... I'm not going anywhere. Father, you have promised these things. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're, we're, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work, but I know you're going to work. And I'm just standing firm against all the things the enemy is doing against all the things that he's working. I'm confronting him head on and saying, father, I believe in you. And because I believe in you, I'm going to do the things that you expect me to do. Mm -hmm.
Now, that's my default position. But to get to the point where it's your default position, you have to face the lion. You have mm -hmm. to face the bear. You're going to have to face that situation that seems Think impossible. Think about these guys. God, God's told them, I want you to celebrate a year of Jubilee. That's every 50th year. Mm -hmm. uh, for every year, every seventh year, you're going to let your fields lay dormant for a year. Yeah. Okay. But every 50th year, you're going to start giving everything back. You're going to, you're going to property, people, everything. All your slaves are going to go free, everything. You know, and we're going to talk about that. We yeah. have, we have, we're not finished with that. But, but, you know, think about that first year of Jubilee, that first one for the 35-year-old farmer or the 35-year-old sheep shepherd. He's never experienced one before. You know, he's been, he's been striving to feed his family. He's no different than you are. No. He's scared to death just like you are. Yeah. But he's, he's decided, you know, my family believes in God. I think I believe in God. You thought you believed in God back in 2016. You thought you did. <laughs> but, you know, that, but now God says, okay, prove it. Prove that you believe in me. Prove that you trust me. Prove that you have faith by listening to what I tell you and doing what I tell you to do. And so they, you know, I mean, if, if you look at this, you know, why don't you read some of this? We, we don't have a lot of time left, but we need to get, get sure. in it a little so, bit. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that'd be 49, right? Yeah. So that the seventh, seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month on the day of atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines, for it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. And we zero in on that, but think about it. He, he commands all these people, you are to return to your family property. So in other words, when they go into the land, God divides the property up by family, and it's supposed mm -hmm. to stay within the families. You're allowed to sell some of that property, but in the 50th year, it's all got to revert. Yeah. And he's going to give them some additional rules for that. Further, you're supposed to go back to your own clan. In other words, if the clan, after 50 years, the clan spreads out. Family members go and they're given in marriage and they go out and now all of a sudden you got to give all that stuff back and you got to come back to the clan. Mm -hmm. You're uprooting entire people's lives. You're uprooting entire people groups at this point. And God's telling them, do it every 50 years. And God, and all, and all you have to deal with is maybe I'm going to have to change churches. <laughs> maybe I got to go someplace else to go worship now because I'm finding out that what, where I've been is telling, is not preaching the truth. I've got to. I've got to uproot my family. We moved to, my dad moved from New York to Texas. We moved from New York to Cincinnati, Ohio, to Michigan, or from Michigan to Ohio, and then to Texas. And now he's got a, he's been in Texas, you know, 30 years. That 50th year rolls around. He's got to move back to New York. He's got to move back to New York. He's got a dealership down in Texas where he's, he's not doing it now, but let's say that had continued. You know, where he's selling mobile homes and doing that type of stuff. And he's got dealerships all over Texas. He's got to sell all that property, move back to New York to be with his, to be with the family and start all over. How much faith does that take? Wow. How much faith does that take? Yeah. And we look at it and we go, I mean, imagine if you can't plant. Well, yeah, from the par farmer's perspective, sure. But not, you know, some people farm, some yeah. people were merchants yeah. and traders. Mm -hmm. So now you've got to give up all that property and move back to your clan. How much faith does this take? 
How much faith yep. does this take to give yep. up your property, to let your to let your fields lie dormant? I mean, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yep. In this year of Jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property in verse 13. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the Jubilee. So you're this in the entire structure of your economy revolves around this. Yeah. You know, because if if the year of Jubilee is next year, your property but ain't from, worth much. But Cole, from our perspective, this is this is a, a traumatic event. Okay, could be a traumatic event. The whole idea of quitting a job, going somewhere else, it's tra it's a traumatic event. Root, uprooting a family, and God's looking at it and saying, "No, it's not. It's not nothing. It's nothing." Yeah. You know, we're looking at it saying, "This is the this is the most." disheartening thing I've been through in my whole life. And God says, it ain't nothing. Because he's God. What does James say? Consider it pure joy, my brothers yep. and sisters, when you go through various trials. Because the testing of your this faith. Is, this, guys, this is about learning how to trust God. Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. all we're talking about. The year, it's learning how to trust God. Every, every year, I'm going to get you ready for this. Every, every seventh year, I'm going to get you ready. You should be looking forward yep. to this. Yep. <laughs> Think about the people when, when Moses brings this to them. Oh, yes. It's... They say, what are you talking about, Moses? Well, well to, to be quite frank, the their response, we know what their response was. They all died in the wilderness. Yeah. They never trusted him. No. They never did. Well, in the next chapter, he's going to talk about that. He's going to say, he, you know, in fact, I'll just give you a, just, there's a reward for obedience, okay? And there's going to be punishment for disobedience. And, and the punishment for disobedience is a whole lot longer than the reward for obedience. <laughs> a whole lot longer. So, anyway. There's, well, there we haven't is, got, we, we have, we've tried for two weeks and haven't gotten to where we want to go. That, that's okay. Maybe uh, God's trying to keep hold us back for, for a minute. I don't know. I, I think that, uh, I think these are really he important things. He let us ramble things. tonight. You think he let us ramble today? I, I don't think we rambled at all. I think, think so? that, uh, I think God knows we need to talk about it. And so yeah. we're going to talk about it. And it's, look, I'm just as passionate about the next thing. Why? Because, I mean, look, look at verse 17 is really, is kind of the heart of this whole thing. Do not take advantage of each other in this, mm -hmm. but fear God. I am the Lord your God. What is he concerned with? Our relationships with one another, uh -huh. right? And he knows that this is going to be stressful. He knows this is going to be difficult. And so part of this is, hey, don't take advantage of each other in this. In a little bit, part of this year, year jubilee and where a modern reader is going to have some serious issues because it seems to be so anti what God has been about and what God is about is verse 21, where he says, I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year. The land will yield enough for three. Oh, no, no, not that. So God does promise that. Sorry. Come down to verse 44, right? So essentially what is verse, that verse I just read is God saying, I know this is difficult, but if you have faith and yeah. you follow me, you're, you're yeah. going to be taken care of. That's that verse. But if you come down here, no, I mean, pe people have a problem with that, but in a different way. And verse 44 is what I was, I meant. So part of this year of Jubilee is this. Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. From them, you may buy slaves. You may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you and members of their clans born in your country, and they will become your property. You can bequeath them to your children as inherited property and can make them slaves for life. But you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. What is going on here? Why is that in here? And all of this stock of faith and blessing and Jubilee and people going free, why is that here? What is going on? Is God okay with slavery? We'll talk about that next week. And that's what we're going to talk about next yeah. week because yeah. that's buried in here. And I don't want to, I don't want to make, I don't want to not talk about this because yeah. for the modern reader, yeah. Yeah. this is going to be a big hiccup. Yeah.
Absolutely. In, in this year of liberty, in this year of faith, in this year of jubilee, God is giving rules about slavery? Yeah. What is going on yeah. here? Let's and pray. so next week we'll talk about so, that. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being our God and for loving us. We pray, Father, that you help to grow our faith. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And we pray, Father, that you help us to navigate through your word so our faith will be strong and it will grow and help us to be aware and help us to have our eyes open all the time, watching you work in our lives and giving you credit for the things that happen in our lives that you're doing. Father, we, we, we pray a blessing upon this church. As we move forward, help us to have, have the faith that we need to have as a church. And thank you, Father, for, for giving us those things in our lives, putting those, those, tr those traumas and those trials in our lives that will help to grow us and, and test us. But, Father, we pray that, uh, that those things will not turn into temptations in our lives where it will cause us to fall. Bless us, Father. Keep us strong. Keep us focused. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.